Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious or just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Please hold for an important message. Hey, you freak Sarah Adams. I can't get to my phone right now, so just leave me a quick message. And I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Thanks. Sarah, I just want to call and tell you that you are completely unhinged on the Unstable Topics threads account, and I am here for it. I appreciate it. I hope more people follow Unstable Topics on Threads because I'm really I'm really banking on this being the platform that we become influencers on. And I am ready for sponsorships, I'm ready for all of that. And so you just keep you keep interacting with accounts in your completely wild and crazy way, and I will be here watching and liking. End of message. Your episode of Unstable Topics will be starting in three. One, fight. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. All right, so I created an unstable goal that I wanted to share with you. Okay. So as you know, I turned 40 in September, and I have been thinking about ways to, I don't know, celebrate it or commemorate it or something. You see a lot of people doing things. Right. right. When they turn 40. Milestone birthday. Milestone birthday. Um, but is it sidebar? Is it really? Because isn't 40 the new 30? I feel like. Cause it's just are, a decade. You know, just, like every decade is important. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So someone's not willing to admit that 40 is the new 30 because someone's still in their 30s. Um, no, wait, wait. The sidebar. I am very excited to turn 40. I think I'm, I am more excited to turn 40 than you are excited to turn 40. I have a Pinterest board about how I want my 40s to be because it's more fun to plan for my 40s than it is to be in my 30s. So I will say I am not scared nor excited about 40. Just it, I don't know. I'm, I'm just indifferent about it at this moment in time because my 30s were fantastic. I loved my 30s. Even the, the parts were that were super, super hard for me. And there were a lot of hard parts. But my 30s were when I like became came into my own. I had kids. I really started going after what I wanted. And I towards the end of my 30s, I figured out what I really want. And so my 40s is just going to be more of that. So it's great. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So anyways, I digress. So I came up with this goal with my husband because at first we live um, on the other side of our house. There's a park. There's a big park. There's a tennis court in the middle. There's one in there's soccer goals. On the other end, there's a playground. And there's a track that goes around it, like a walking track. And so I was like, you know, I I feel like if I did 40 miles by 40, that's too easy. Because I'm, what, 70-ish days out from my birthday. I'm like, that's easy. That's doable. And I go, I need something a little bit more challenging. He goes, well, what if you did 400 laps around the park 
by 40. I'm like, oh, that's totally doable because a lap around the park is 0.3 miles. It's not even a half a mile. And so I'm like, great, let's do this 400 laps around the park by 40. So he got me this calendar, this little countdown calendar where I can see days. That's so cute. It's cute, right? It's I'm like, we were excited. So a calendar came on Sunday. Today is Wednesday. And so I started off with 400. Walter was like, I want to flip. And I'm like, I want to put this in a place because I'm going to come back and it's going to be 500 laps. I still need to do. <laughs> and so I started like turning it and I instantly realized like 400 is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of laps. So J- Mr. Jamie, college athlete. It's not hard. Is, like, it's not hard, but he's just like, oh, yeah, 400 laps. Of course, that's the goal. And it's like Sarah Adams, actress, theater, is now going to be doing 400. You know, that's a lot, you know? So you're digging yourself into a very big hole this morning because <laughs> not only now were you shunning 40s to begin with, now you're, you're calling me unathletic. To Wait, walk. I think roll the tape. I did not. I'll... I did not shun 40s. I celebrate 40s. So – it's been since Sunday and I've, it's now at 386 is where we're at. And I looked at Jamie, I go, at what point do I start to worry? And he goes, if you still have 200 at the beginning of September, I'm like, okay. And I did the math. It's about five laps a day, which is not hard to do. It takes about 25 minutes to do five laps, give or take. So that's, that's doable. Like this is doable. I just have to commit. Here are the obstacles. One, the weather. Right. You're doing this right in the hottest part of the year. So I did only three laps this morning because that's all I had time for. So I'm going to do some more this afternoon, which I did yesterday too. I did I did four laps in the morning and I did two more laps in the afternoon and it was awful. It's so hot. It's so hot. Second obstacle children uh-huh. because Walter's like I want to come because he wants to flip the calendar which is y'all it sounds adorable right oh your children are supporting you homeboy takes his time walking yeah it's not really supportive it's just it's just siphoning off your goal <laughs> like you know like it's like this is the thing I want to do for me and then it's like oh no everyone else wants to do this goal and now I will not accomplish my goal is how it feels can I guess what the third obstacle is? Yes. Walking the same route 400 times is going to be like mind-numbingly boring. And so by 200, your motivation to finish this is going to be like, what am I looking at? I've already seen this 200 times. You know what I mean? It's going to be a, it's going to be a hump. And I, and I brought that to my husband's attention before he set the goal. He goes, well, you'll listen to podcasts. It'll be your time. So it'll be, you'll be listening and walking. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can buy into that. I can jump on that bandwagon but this morning I was walking and there was two hawks like on one side of the park and I saw it swoop down right next to me and pick up a cicada in its mouth I'm like this this can't be a good omen <laughs> hawks are good omens aren't they when they dive down and pick up food to eat yeah because it's like here you are diving into okay. a goal and eating up all that life has to offer you in these last days before you turn 40, the last days of your 30s, which was a powerful decade, and you, like a powerful hawk, and like a cicada who rises from the ground every seven years, you are about to enter the next seven years of a great phase of your life. 
You do know a decade is 10 years. I do, but cicadas are seven years. And so I was trying to make the metaphor work there. But you are shedding skin like those Mm -hmm. cicada shells Mm -hmm. coming out of your shell, literally, figuratively. It's a beautiful moment, honestly. I'm going to backtrack everything spicy I said to you. You are supportive (laughs) and wonderful. And I'm ready to tell you this fact because it also is about living life to the fullest. So Maggie, are you ready for your fact? Wait, let me sip this. Is that a Stanley? It's not. It's a knockoff Stanley, but I wanted to show you it because it has a handle. I love I love the callback. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm ready. From April 20th, 1945 to March 17th, 1947, there was a chicken called Mike the Headless Chicken that lived for 18 months after its head was cut off. After the loss of his head, Mike achieved national fame until his death in March 1947. In a town in Colorado, an annual Mike the Headless Chicken Day is held in May. That's beautiful. I It's beautiful and, you know, sad. But I think what's nice about it is that people are celebrating his resiliency. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder how Mike thought felt about it. Well, did he feel? Because he didn't have a head anymore. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that's true. <gasps> but he could still walk around. He lived for 18 months after his head was cut off. Do you think he had still part of his brainstem and that's like the part that was controlling everything? I don't know. I have heard that you can cut a chicken's head off and it still will live or walk around. For a little bit, not 18 months. 18 months is a long time. It is a long time, especially for a chicken. Yeah. 18 months is a long time for me, and I have a head. What do they do with the body, do you think? Do you think it just stands still? Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, if it's just a chicken's body without a head, but it seems like they had to feed it, and it seems like it was moving in order – you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it must have had something – and they they had for eighteen months. You can't stay alive for eighteen months without water and food, even if you are a chicken. But how do so you, how do you take the water and food with no head? You just gotta go straight in to the. You, you just like look in there and you just go bloop 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 bloop, drop it in. I guess I don't know. I don't know. This kind of seems this kind of seems rude of the people. Like it seems like Mike was probably like, "Hey guys, let me just go." And they were just like, "No, we're gonna keep you alive for eighteen months. We're gonna feed you." We're going to like keep you moving. And he's just like, please, I don't have a head. But they can't hear him because he's a chicken and he does not have a head. And to be fair, they did cut his head off. So it's not as if they were like, I don't know, he broke a wing and he was dying slowly. They they did what you ultimately should do to kill a chicken. Right. And then they're like, wow, maybe we can profit off of this. You know, let's do a tour. They still celebrate it. Annual yeah. Mike the Headless Chicken Day. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, I'm, I feel good about it. I feel bad about it. It's one of those things. It's like, I uh, can't wrap my head around it. That's mm-hmm. what I'll say on that. So are you ready to react to this? Because we already are reacting, but I have a specific question for yes, you. Yes, please, please, please. If you were to celebrate Mike the Headless Chicken Day, mm-hmm. how would you celebrate this day? Ooh, um, I think I would celebrate this with for decorations. Let's start there because decorations are very important to a celebration. Lots of rubber chickens and mm. probably a game in which you chop off the rubber, <laughs> rubber chicken heads, 
right? Like it's yeah. like a, we're chopping off heads, we're chopping off heads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's probably some element of a pinata, a puppet show, like there's like this tale. I think that the mayor gets up on a stage and has to address the crowd and talk about like resiliency mm-hmm. and how it might seem like local politics. Sometimes they're running around with like a chicken with their head cut off. But if we think about Mike, that's not a bad thing. And then probably like um, pizza. I love it. I Maybe it's an unstable holiday we start to celebrate. Oh, what day is it? May? Well, what? it said it's in May. He died in March 17th, mm-hmm. 1947. Which is your son's birthday. Yes. Also St. Patrick's Day. And let me see. When is Mike the Headless Chicken Day? It makes sense it would be a few months later because it takes a while to get, like, everything organized. You know, like, he dies, and then you probably have a funeral, and then, like, a few months later, you commemorate it with a whole town. Okay, so it's the third weekend in May. Mike the Headless Chicken is a cultural institution in this town in Colorado with the annual Mike the Headless Chicken Day since 1999. And that town in Colorado is spelled how? F. R-U-I-T-A. Oh, fruta. Fruta. Fruita? Fruita? Fruita, Fruita, Colorado. Fruita, Colorado. Hey, if you're listening and you are in Fruita, 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 or somewhere around it, I don't know. Let me look it up. Let me Google where this town is. Oh, man, I Googled. I put in Fruita. And it immediately said Mike the Headless Chicken. Oh, my gosh. Oh my, it's like what it is known for. Should we go there? 100% we should think, go there. think you know what we should do? Don't message us. We're just going to go to this town and ask a local. I'm trying really hard to pull up this Google Maps, but it's it's my computer exit page. Page unresponsive, man. They really don't want us to know where you are. We just have to go. We just get in the car and go. Just like Mike would have done. As to Earth Signs, Sarah and Maggie are always preparing, which is why it's time to play Till Death Do Us Part. Aww, why? The game where they interview potential replacement besties in case the other one kicks the can. Sarah, our next guests are from the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Jeanette and Megan are business and improv partners, much like us, who are passionate about bringing out the best in others through sharing stories and improvising. Give a big old welcome to Jeanette and Megan, who we hardly know. Hi, Megan. Hi, Jeanette. (laughs) Hi. Hello. (laughs) I am so glad you guys are here today to play this game with us. We have some very hard-hitting questions so we just want to make sure that you guys are prepared because we are not journalists but we pretend to be (laughs) i love it all right i I think i'll jump in if that's okay to jump in and get to know you guys a little bit better because i would like to yeah okay so we know you're improvisers we know you met doing improv although you don't live in the same city which is kind of like sarah and i we just learned this but i'm curious if you were to perform improv together and you would rather have the best improv show of your life in front of a very small audience, like three people, or have a bomb show, but it's a sold out audience of 300 people. Do we tag team on answering that? 
I yeah. for sure, I for sure would take the best show ever in front of a tiny audience. Yeah, I think so too because the best show indicates that we were having the most fun together, and that's kind of the most important. Jeanette, I love that answer because Maggie and I's favorite show we've ever done was just for us. We were practicing yes. like seven years ago. We were trying out this new format. We're like, let's just try it. Let's just try it and see what happens. And it never was better than that moment. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what if, though, you guys, it really feels like you're doing all the things, you're having fun with it, but the audience is just, it's 300 people who are not laughing at all. And maybe they're enjoying it, but it's just, it feels like you could hear a pin drop in this huge theater. Oh, that's interesting. I guess like if I have a memory on stage of it being super rad, then I would probably prefer that in front of a bunch of people that didn't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they just don't get us. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like thinking of some of the times where I do feel like there was a bomb situation and it was like feeling what I, I remember what I was feeling. I was not in my best flow. And so I think that's part of why the bombing happens mm. regardless of audience size. But like one of my biggest audiences ever at a thing I, I got to do. Unfortunately, it was just me solo. I'm sure it would have been much better if I had Jeanette with me. And it was an enormous, it was an 8,000 person audience at an arena. And it was not fun. And I was so sad. But I think it shaped my perspective on like looking for the, the ways that I feel like I'm on the right stages for me to be in flow and not just try to care so much about like getting on a big stage unless it's the perfect fit. 8,000 people though. Wow. 8,000 people for improv is uh, hard. It has, I feel like it has to be, a, I, I think you guys are right. And I'll give you points mm -hmm. for this too, that it is the smaller the audience, sometimes the more fun. It's more intimate, you know? Yeah, more, I, agree. I agree. And just, you yeah. know, Maggie, you are keeping score, correct? Yes, I am. I'm scoring you guys very harshly. <laughs> okay. And so far you have a hundred percent. So I don't, well, okay, well, let's, let's do the next, would you rather? Let's see what, what happens here. Okay. It's a very, again, this is a very intense one. So I know we're coming off of something not as intense to this, so forgive me if this isn't a good transition. Um, so would you rather reach into your pocket and always have a freshly wrapped mint in there or reach into your pocket and always have a fresh lip balm? Lip balm. Lip balm. That's fast. That Whoa. was fast. Did you see me? I applied chapstick like as we were starting. I, I am perpetually Multiple. chapped. I'm perpetually chapped in the mouth area. I love that ever you guys both just reach for chaps. Like you have it in your pocket. This it's is like Pavlovian. You guys said lip balm and we're both like, oh, I must need lip balm. I know the very idea of not having it. Last summer I went on an 11 mile hike and I forgot my chapstick that day. And I almost didn't even start the hike. Cause I was like, oh, where's my chapstick? <laughs> So it's almost like comfort lip balm. So your pockets already have lip balm in it. I have chapstick in every single bag in like that I own <laughs> that I could possibly grab. Same. I don't have to switch out anything but my wallet because I need to make sure there's chapstick. <laughs> Follow-up question. What's your preferred lip balm? If you're mm. lip balm connoisseurs, I'm curious to know what mm -hmm. you prefer best. I have... I'm open to a lot of different things. Uh, but my favorites are variety of flavors by Burt's Bees, though. I was going to say this is not an ad, but I also I also have Burt's Bees at my 
Um, oh my gosh. Desk. We need to come up with, for our brand new show we've never performed, we need to have a game that's called Chapstick. <laughs> Everyone whips out their chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of like a, a lighter moment at a concert, it's a chapstick moment. <laughs> or yeah. you just take five break. It's a chapstick break. And you just apply chapstick yeah. for five minutes while the audience mm -hmm. watches. And you're like, okay, we can move on to our next portion now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. I love that you guys are so in sync about chapstick too. This is a duo, Maggie, that is meant to be together, I feel like. This meant is, to is... be. I was probably thinking that. I'm like, if someone doesn't say it, I'm coming in with the uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm, You know, Maggie, I'm going to give points for Megan jumping on that pun. You know? Yeah. Because uh, I'm here for it. I just appreciate how in sync you are because I do feel like Sarah and I, as best friends, are pretty in sync about most things. And so I, I appreciate seeing that in the wild as well as guesty besties here. <laughs> uh, and so I'm curious if you agree on this next would you rather in the final of this portion. So would you rather? You are both very, very busy people. You do a lot of different things, lots of different types of projects. Um, would you rather have more time and fewer things you're doing, or be paid more for all the things you do. Be paid more. Paid more. Correct answer. <laughs> we'll yeah. manifest it right now. Mm -hmm. We're just throwing out. Because I I mean, you guys are coaches, you are recruiter, like people that work with um, trainings, you do improv, you have your podcast. I feel like you guys do a lot of different things. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this yesterday, the whole um, saying of, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's mm -hmm. like, no, if, if I got paid to do what I love, I would get to make more money having a really good time. And that's like, that's the point, right? Can I ask a follow-up question? If you, yes, if you don't of mind. course, you know, really get down to it. If you had an extra $500,000, extra. So like all your priorities, what you would do with a lot of money have been ticked off. All the logical stuff, check, 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 check. What, some, what is something illogical that you would spend $500,000 on? I would get a whole bunch of Jeep accessories for my Wrangler. Um, I would probably invest in a boat and like, I don't live anywhere near water. But like, <laughs> I want a boat so bad. That's very awesome. And people always say that boats are like the worst investment because they depreciate the minute you buy them. Like that's the worst investment you can make. But have you been on a boat? <laughs> it's so fun to be on boats. I love I've never boats. been on a boat in Albuquerque. No, sure. you know Which what is though? What makes that even better? Fun fact: New Mexicans um, have the most boats per capita. Isn't that wild? Because people are like keeping them just in case they. I mean, we have a couple lakes, you know, in the state, but you have to. It's a haul to get to any of them from where I live. But um, by a boat. I love that answer for a multitude of reasons, Maggie. Let's let's sidebar real quick so I can share yeah. my scores with you. Okay. They scored really well. They I got a hundred percent. I got them. I gave them a hundred percent too. So okay. should we tell them? Yeah, we should tell them for sure. Okay. Uh, well, good news. If something were to happen to Maggie and I's friendship or me may perish, we would love it. If you guys would step in our place to ensure that unstable topics could continue, we would love it. If you guys could count us in. Yeah, honored. Thank you. I mean, you. we don't want anything to happen to no. either of you. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you only the best and well. 
Yeah. But yes, we're here for you. Yes. <laughs> this feels like a back. great safety net. So thank you. It, make, it puts me at peace. Mm-hmm. Hey, where can people find you on the internet if our listeners want to listen to more or find you, follow you, hear about your boat updates? Most of our capers are at improvteamculture.com or the I Hardly Know Her podcast is streamed all over. And then we, bo- we both actually happen to have really fun Instagram handles, which is, is kind of funny because we didn't yep. plan it that way. But mine is Kooky Megan, K-O-O-K-Y, Megan, M-E-G-A-N, and hers is Sassy Cerami. <laughs> I love that your friendship has so many of these moments where you are on the same page, I'll say it again, that you have a fun adjective before your user and your user handles, that you love lip balm, <laughs> that you are in it for the money and fair compensation for your hard work. You guys would make excellent besties. Thank you for joining us. It's a bestie connection. Thanks for playing along. That's it for this episode. Wasn't that fun? Now it's time for you to subscribe and follow. And share this episode with a friend. Maybe even your bestie. Find us everywhere online at Unstable Topics. And for more antics, visit us at The Monthly Junk. Bye. Bye. Peace.